Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are here. We've made it. It's a go. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Whatever you want to call it, celebrate. Be relieved if you're thankful to get this whole thing over with and we can stop with all the rumors and all the reports or whatever. It's draft day. 2021. We've finally made it. We've gotten through another year of speculation and prospects and rankings and fighting and debating and all of that stuff and mock drafts. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing the pod today because I have my final mock out and you can just read it. It's in print form at WGR550.com, but wanted to do a service for you, the podcast listeners and subscribers here at Sal Sports and stuff to get into it just a little bit more to go through the mock quickly describe every pick briefly, and then talk about my pick for the Bills and a few others who I think could very well be on their radar, whether they stay at at 30 or they trade up or trade down. I've written about that as well, but let's get into it. I don't want to waste any more of your time. Thanks for downloading, listening, subscribing. As always, iTunes Store, Spotify, Odyssey, WGR550.com, all the places that you pod. I really appreciate it. It is draft day. Draft night begins 8 o'clock Eastern. Thursday night in Cleveland, round one, seven o'clock Eastern, round two on Friday night, and then on Saturday, that's round two and three, and then on Saturday, it's round four and through seven, the rest of the draft at noon. We'll have all the coverage for you, of course, at WGR550.com, and when the commissioner steps to the podium, they will, he will announce that the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, and of course, everyone knows who they're taking first, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. This is my mock, by the way, of course. I'm going to go through the picks I have and who's there, but we kind of know some already. The first two are slam dunks. Trevor Lawrence, number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's been earmarked to be the number one pick since his freshman year of college football in 2018. Number two, the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Uh, Obviously, they really like what they saw from him, and not only throughout the year, but the pro day kind of sealed it. They moved on from Sam Darnold. He's going to be the number two pick. It gets interesting at number three. Still a lot of people wondering what's going to happen. At the time that I record this on Thursday morning, still no definitive answer on what the 49ers are going to do, but I think all signs right now are pointing to Mac Jones and Kyle Shanahan getting the quarterback he wants. I have the quarterback from Alabama going number three. Atlanta Falcons, number four on the clock. This is where trades could really start to happen. I definitely think Trades could happen at four, six, seven, eight, nine, right in that area. I think the Bengals probably stay at five. They might be looking to trade, but I think they're most likely to stay. The Falcons could very well move down, but in this mock, I'm not doing trades. So I have Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, going to Atlanta, and he'll go right into Arthur Smith's offense. And he is, to me, the best non quarterback 
available in this draft. Todd McShay said on that podcast recently, which he was on with Ryan Russillo, about uh, you know when he said the Bills were looking to trade up for Travis Etienne we talked about, he also said, I think Kyle Pitts could be a Hall of Fame tight end. If you think anybody's going to be a Hall of Famer, you take them this high in the draft. I don't care what position they are. That's that's what this part of the draft is for, to get those kinds of players. So I have Pitts going to the Falcons, number four. Uh, number five, tough call between Jamar Chase, the wide receiver of LSU, and Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle of Oregon, going to the Bengals. I've really believed that the Bengals should take Sewell because they want to keep Joe Burrow upright, and he took such a beating last year, even with the torn ACL, but... I, I keep hearing and seeing and reading that, you know, Chase is really the guy they're zeroing in on, his former wide receiver from LSU. And I love Jamar Chase, by the way, but I think that's going to be the pick now. Number five to the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Number six, the Dolphins. Then do they go Jalen Waddle or his teammate Devontae Smith from Alabama, both wide receivers? I have Waddle. There's a school of thought that Smith would help out Tua from the short game that he likes to, you know, employ. And obviously, um, Smith is just so silky smooth. Those are the two words usually used to describe him. But Jalen Waddell gives you the whole package and the speed and the returnability and all of that. I think he's just a fantastic football player and don't want to see the Bills having to defend him. But I have him going to the Dolphins with number six. That leaves Sewell, number seven for the Detroit Lions. It fills a need. He's a really terrific player. And obviously, they now have Jared Goff under center, and you could try and protect him with Sewell. And Dan Campbell is, of course, a very old-school football coach. I think he'd love to get an offensive lineman like Sewell, the best offensive lineman in this draft at number seven. Here's where it gets really interesting for me, because despite the Panthers trading for Sam Darnold, they have yet to pick up his fifth-year option. There just seems to be a lot of noise around them loving Justin Fields if he's there. Although I think they could very well trade out of this pick. Like I said, I have them taking Justin Fields, and sorting it out with Sam Darnold after a year and probably letting him go. But I have the Panthers taking Justin Fields, a quarterback out of Ohio State, at number eight. And then same thing with the Broncos. Even though they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater from Carolina, I still have the Broncos going quarterback here at Trey Lance because I think the Broncos traded for Bridgewater to kind of give them insurance in case they don't get one of the two quarterbacks, Fields or Lance. But Lance, to me, represents a guy that, hey, now you do have Bridgewater. You can have him play a year. You can let Lance sit for a year because he is more of a developmental guy, I think a lot of people believe. And I think that, you know, they would do that. Trey Lance, they have to take their shot at a quarterback, right? They're in the AFC West with Mahomes and Herbert. And they're going to have to, at some point, just try to take their shot. You can't get by with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to try and win for the next whatever years. I have Trey Lance going to the Broncos. So Fields, eight, the Panthers. Lance, nine, to the Broncos. The Dallas Cowboys seem certain to take a corner, and it's either going to be Patrick Sertan, the second, or um, J.C. Horn. I have Sertan going to them, the corner from Alabama. The Giants are up next, and if Devontae Smith falls this far to the Giants, I think they'd love that. So I have Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama, going to the New York Giants. I think that would be a very good pick for them. They're in a good spot right there, the Giants. I think a lot of good players are going to fall to them, actually. The Eagles at number 12, I think they'd love to get their hands on Smith, but if the Giants, their division rival, takes them, uh, take them at 11, uh, J.C. Horn, the corner, would be a good fit for them, falling to them at 12 out of South Carolina. Then it's the Chargers. Boy, uh, another need meets value here. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, really good pick for them. I think fits right there to help Justin Herbert uh, protect him. Not that he took a ton of hits last year, but you know you always want to keep your your franchise young quarterback as healthy as possible. And they have a lot of good skill guys. They they have a, a good defense, a good roster. So I think Rashawn Slater would be a good pick, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I think the Vikings actually would like to tr draft Trey Lance if they can, maybe even Fields if he fell that far, but. 
Um, in this mock, he's not there. So where do they go? They, they have an absolute need on their offensive line, up and down. Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC, who probably is going to play guard at the next level, and that's a great fit for the Vikings. They absolutely need a guard. So Elijah Vera Tucker, I have him 14 to the Vikings. That leaves the Patriots without a quarterback unless they want to reach for somebody not named Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, or Lance, but they're not going to do that. But I give him a very good player here. The best linebacker in this draft, arguably, debatably, uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. And I think that Bill Belichick would love to put him on his defense to be able to do a whole lot of things that, uh, you know, he can. He, he, Micah Parsons is just, he's a, a really great athlete. Um, his pro day was incredible. I think he would fit very well in Belichick's scheme. And I think they would love to get a player like that on their defensive side. And again, they're probably going to look up to, to look to trade up for a quarterback. In this mock, I don't have that because I'm not doing trades. But I think Parsons fits. 16, Arizona. I struggle with this a lot. I really struggle with this a lot. The two guys that uh, really have some medical concerns, if you will, that I think are fantastic football players, but you have to really be, you know, either willing to kind of work. And in, in, well, there's two different ways you could look at this. One guy, Caleb Farley, that's who I have going to the Cardinals. You have to be willing to know that he might not play a little bit this year. He might not play and be ready for the season. He just had back surgery. That's going to be tough. He's not going to be in your facility as much as you want. These OTAs and these mini camps, I think we're looking at another kind of a, you know, shortened offseason, if you will. And even if so, you know, that's back surgery. But boy, they just lost Patrick Peterson. Farley is considered by many the best corner on the board. I have him going to the Arizona Cardinals, but I could see them going in a different direction if they're not comfortable with that. I mean, Farley could play this year, could play this year but I just don't see him starting or at least available, I should say, on day one right away. But I have Arizona taking... Caleb Farley. They do need that. Uh, the Raiders at 17. Uh, they, they've overhauled their offensive line completely. They still need a tackle on the right side. Uh, everything else seems to be set, and Christian Darasaw could do that. Good pick here for value and need offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Christian Darasaw, 17 to the Raiders. Now it's the Miami Dolphins, and I have do I've done a bunch of mocks until I finally settled on this. The more I looked at it, the more I think, all right, I have the Dolphins taking Jalen Waddell at number six. And I think they're just going to make this offseason about helping their franchise quarterback, the, the guy they think could be their franchise quarterback, and making sure. And how do you do that? They need a running game. They don't have a running game. It was putrid the last couple of years. And I think Brian Flores would love to get Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, the first running back off the board. He would fit exactly the kind of running I think they want. And I have the Dolphins, maybe surprising to some, going running back at number 18. That leaves Zaven Collins for Washington football team. The linebacker out of Tulsa, he can do it all. He'd fit perfectly in Ron Rivera's defense. I think Ron Rivera would love to get a guy like Zayvon Collins in the middle of that defense. 20, the Chicago Bears. No quarterback for them to take. They have plenty of needs. Offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins is right there from Oklahoma State. Might have to play guard at the next level, but again, I think this is a team that, you know, you, he can play right away there. They'd probably prefer... They might want to get, I should say, a skill guy, a receiver, a corner. They have a lot of needs. But Tevin Jenkins would be a good value for them right there and a good football player. The Indianapolis Colts at pick number 21, they need an offensive tackle and they need an edge rusher. And right now, there's been no edge rushers even taken. So I think Quiddy Pay, who's right there, kind of in their own backyard, I guess, right? I mean, um, Big Ten country, Midwest, Michigan, Quiddy Pay, edge rusher. He's a true 4-3 defensive end. Um, he can play inside a little bit, but... You know, I think this is a guy that has the highest floor of any of the edge rushers uh, that you think you can kind of put him right on your team and you know you're going to get a, a solid football player even if he never has a ceiling that goes through the roof. And to me, that is exactly what an organization like the Colts likes to have. 
and Frank Reich would like to have on his team. Tennessee Titans at number 22. You know, they lost Corey Davis. Elijah Moore is a playmaker. Uh, he could complement their running game really well. Uh, Elijah Moore now is considered, from what I've heard and seen and read, to be the number four receiver in this class uh, behind Waddle and Smith and Chase. And I think that the Titans would make him their pick at 22 if he's there from Ole Miss. A guy I really like for the Bills. And if he's there, I think the Bills would seriously consider him. But I like the Jets to take him in this spot. And that is cornerback Greg Newsom II from Northwestern. Newsom fits Sean McDermott's scheme perfectly. Um, he is a zone corner. He can play man. He can play everything. But he really he does well in zone. He excels there. And I think that would be great for the Bills to get their hands on him. And he's fast. And... You can play him inside and outside. He's versatile. I think this is a very good football player. Comes from a, 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 a program, Northwestern, you know, not a football powerhouse, but very good over the last several years. And also, obviously, hey, you, you, you can't be a dummy and go to Northwestern, right? Probably a smart kid and good football IQ and all that kind of stuff. So I think Greg Newsom fits on Robert Sala's defense really well. He'd fit on the Bills defense, too, if he's there, but I can't see him getting there. So the Steelers, I think, would like to get Najee Harris, but hey, they'll take Travis Etienne. That takes him off the board for the Bills. I have both running backs going 18 and 24. Travis Etienne running back to Clemson, uh, from Clemson, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They need a running back. They need a running game. Uh, obviously, they, they'd like to get back, I think, to what they had in a, a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who really gave him kind of the full package, rushing and receiving. I think they'd see a lot of that in Travis Etienne. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock at 25. They need... Help a lot of places, but they really do need help in the defensive line. We haven't even taken a tackle yet, defensive tackle, and Christian Barmore is sitting there from Alabama. So I have Christian Barmore going going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. At 26, the Browns. Lots of noise lately. They could take a wide receiver. And, you know, maybe if I did this over again today, I might give them one. But I thought about it. I just don't think there's one there for them. But there is a very good linebacker who could fit right there on that defense and kind of, you know, play all three downs, do a lot for them, a lot. I know a lot of you really like him. J-O-K, Jeremiah Owuso-Karamoa from Notre Dame. I have him on the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns have done a nice job this offseason. They have done a good job on their defense. They've added some parts. I think they need a little bit more to go, and J-O-K would be a really nice fit for the Cleveland Browns. 27, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they're sitting there and going, okay, wait a minute. Now, we need an edge rusher. Only one's gone off the board. Who do we decide between? Who do we like? And I think because they like to play some different fronts and do some different things and the way that they've kind of employed this type of player over the years has worked out really well. And that is Aziz Ojulari of Georgia. Yeah, he can play with his hand in the dirt. He can stand up. He's probably more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, but you can feel comfortable kind of moving him around and doing a bunch of different things. And I think he would fit exactly what the Ravens want, especially after losing Matthew Judon. You know, they've, they've lost some players in free agency, I think they'd like to continue that um, that defense and building it. I did think about Trevor, May I think you say Mayrig is how you say it, um, uh, the uh, safety, but I, I, I like Ojulari here for the Ravens. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with the safety, but I like Ojulari here. New Orleans Saints at 28. Uh, Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. This is a guy that's just rising up the boards. Every time I did a mock, it seemed like um, you know I didn't have him, and I said, I got to get him in there because – Everybody seems to believe this kid's going to be a first-round pick, and he would fit um, a, a need for the Saints to um, put at, in, as a linebacker. And I know I, I thought about offense for the Saints here. I did. Another wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, came to mind. Uh, he'd be a guy I think that they would consider. But I like Jamin Davis going, the linebacker out of Kentucky, to the New Orleans Saints. The Green Bay Packers are up next, and 
Sorry, Aaron Rodgers, but uh, the Ravens left you the safety. Uh, Trevor Mayrig. And again, I think it might be Morig. I got to look to make sure how I say that. I haven't looked because I don't expect the Bills to take him, but he is terrific. He can play corner. He can play safety. He's a do-it-all defensive back, right? So I think that would really help what the uh, Packers need. And again, maybe Aaron Rodgers wants a little more help on offense and he doesn't get it in this particular mock. That leaves the Bills at pick number 30. Some of you are going to be very upset with this pick because you think you just need to steer clear of this player. And I totally understand that. And two things, though, I want to say. Number one, he could very well be gone before it gets to 30. But the mock exercise is an exercise. He wasn't here, so I took him, right? And number two is, I totally know that the Bills could have him off their board completely. Like, I get it. I just don't know that. We don't know that. And I'm not going to predict that they do or they don't. So I have the Bills selecting, who many consider the best edge rusher in this draft, edge defender, I should say, because he's kind of do it all, and that is Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Now, why would you even have him off your board completely? Why? This kid's range could be anywhere from like 10 to 30, where the Bills pick. I believe that. Because some teams are just not going to be comfortable having taking him after he had three concussions early in his college career. I'll get to that in just a second. But... If you're that high on the board, if you're picking that high and you feel he's that much of a risk, then he starts to drop. And that's why I think the Bills not only could take him here, I think the Bills could even trade up a little bit to get him. And I'll I'll go over that again in just a second because I wrote about some trade-up targets. But the other thing about Jalen Phillips is he is, you teams could have him just say, be very comfortable with him. Remember, it's not just, well, I'm not comfortable. They're going to vet. They're going to they're going to have all their doctors look at them. They're going to have medical information going back to college as their team doctors. They're going to interview the player. They're going to find out all this stuff, and they're going to get a very good feel on whether they are comfortable or not, much more than you or I or anybody sitting here would know. And in my opinion, at 30, it's worth the risk for the Bills, whereas maybe at if you're t- picking 15, it might not be. You can't strike out on that pick. And not saying he's going to strike out because this could be a gold pick. You could hit gold with this pick. And I also thought about this. Mitch Morris had three concussions with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills made him the highest paid center in the league just a few years ago. They obviously are comfortable if, if they're comfortable, right? If they do their vetting, do their homework, and say, we can do this. We can get through with this. We'll make this guy our pick. We'll pay this guy. And he's going to play for us, and we're going to have a plan to keep him safe and keep him healthy. Let's talk about the player, though, the three concussions. So, Jalen Phillips, you you have to dig into his story because he also retired from football, right? And you're like, wait a minute, Sal, you're talking about a guy that had three concussions and retired from football. You're going to take him in the first round. Let me – I understand. I'm the first guy that would say that those are red flags. I want to explain his story to you, though, first. The kid was the number one high school recruit in the nation in 2017 by most accounts, all right? He winds up going to UCLA. While he's at UCLA in 2017, he had a very good freshman year. He had like seven tackles for loss, like three, four, five sacks, something like that. I have to look at it. But he was a very good player his freshman year at UCLA. He also suffered a couple concussions that year. His second year, he plays. He has another concussion. He might even be one, then two, or two, then one. He had three concussions. And after his second year, at the tail end of his second year at UCLA, he's on a moped. He gets hit by a car. And it really, he had a a major wrist injury because of it. He had to have surgery on his wrist. That was not a football injury. It was, he was in an accident. He also had a couple of ankle injuries along the way, which happens. Ankles, wrists, 
those are the kinds of things you can overcome. Those are the kind of things that teams look at and go, yeah, I mean, let's just check on that. And if we're okay with that, you know, we have a sports science and training and all that. I am not concerned about the wrist or the ankles because he was highly productive this year at Miami. So how did he get to Miami? Well, after he has these injuries and the concussions, because of medical reasons, not because he didn't want to play football anymore and he lost the passion or anything like that, he decided to retire. He walked away from the game after two collegiate seasons. So he says, I'm not going to play football anymore. What he does is he enrolls, he decides, what do I love? What do I love besides football? He loves music. So the kid comes from a family. Now get this, okay? This young man, Jalen Phillips, his grandfather, his name is John Robertson, is currently the dean of the Conservatory of Music at Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida. And he's also, the grandfather, a world-renowned pianist and conductor. His father, Jalen Phillips' father, is a trumpet player. His mother plays the cello. They met in an orchestra. Why does this matter? This matters. And by the way, Jalen Phillips is an accomplished classical pianist himself. It matters because he didn't just like walk away from the game because he decided he liked music better or something else. He retired due to medical reasons and then said, I need to do something else that I'm passionate about. And that was music for him. So he enrolled at a very prestigious music school, music school in Florida. While he's there, he decides, you know what? I miss football a lot. I want to go back and play football. He transfers to the University of Miami, but he has to sit out a year because he's tra- he transferred because of NCAA rules. Comes, He sits out 2019, plays in 2020, and all he does in 2020 is stay healthy for 10 games, goes out, doesn't get any concussions, no problems with the wrist, no problems with the ankles, goes out, has eight sacks, 15 and a half uh, tackles for loss, was named a second team All-American, All-ACC, and becomes, and then has an incredible pro day where he's off the charts and shows people why it's 6'5", 258. He is an athletic freak. So much so that he can also play anywhere you want, pretty much. Several positions. He can play defensive end with his hand in the dirt. He can stand up and play outside linebacker. He can kick inside even a little bit. The guy's strong. He's long. He's athletic. He's versatile. If he was completely clean, if he did not have the concussions or the wrist and ankle injuries, he would, to me, easily be a top 10 pick. I mean, maybe just outside the top 10, but that's the question mark. And you have to wonder how many teams will take him off their board because of it. I will tell you this. If the Bills pick Jalen Phillips at 30, they will not get a more impactful player right now in 2021. And if Brandon Bean feels this is what we need to get over the Kansas City Chiefs, an impactful player, someone to put on our team right now. Yep, I know you can argue speed. Travis Etienne, wide receiver. I get it. This guy, he can come in and play. And he could be on your team for several years. The question is, how many years? How long will he last? How long can he last? What will happen? I have no concerns. Personally, after reading his story, I have no concerns about his, quote-unquote, passion for football. I've read several articles on him. And I don't. I just don't think there's anything there that suggests he doesn't want to play football. He walked away for medical reasons. He pursued another passion. And then he loved football so much. It's the opposite, that he wanted to play football again and went to the University of Miami and transferred. So that's why I have Jalen Phillips there. At By the way, I'll get to the trade-up targets because he's one of them. At 31, I have the Ravens. They're adding speed. Um, they're having a slot receiver. I have Kadarius Toney, a wide receiver out of Florida. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
you know, they can kind of take take a a flyer a little bit, if you will, if you want to call Jason Owe a flyer, an edge rusher out of Penn State. Um, you know, I think that, you know, they're getting a little bit older on defense. They could use that. Uh, people think that he can be a stud in this league, superstar. So I have them taking Jason Owe, the edge out of Penn State. They can give him a year, you know, if they want to develop him. So the other part of what I said here is trade-up targets for the Bills. And I do believe that the Bills, if they if they do, I don't know if the Bills have Jalen Phillips on their board. I think it's feast, feast or famine for Jalen Phillips. If the Bills have Jalen Phillips on their board, I think he would be very highly rated. They might not have him on their board at all, but if he is, I think he's very highly rated and enough so that they'd be even willing to trade up for him. And I'd say trade up probably in that area where, you know, McShay was talking 20, 21, 22 to get ahead of the Jets, the Steelers, the Jags, because the Jets, but now look, the, the Colts, they could take him at 20, right? They're sitting there. They could very well take him with that pick. Um, you know, so that could be a trade up target for all the reasons that I just mentioned. I also think the other two edge rushers I mentioned could be trade up targets for the bills. I don't think they'd trade up for a running back. They could trade up. And if they wanted to go eight, nine spots, it's going to be costly, but that would mean they'd have to identify a guy they think could play right now and can help them in the future. And I think Aziz Ojolari could be a guy there. Um, not a prototypical four, three defensive end, but very versatile, good athlete, Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott could use him in a lot of different situations and ways. Um, he'd most likely put his hand on the ground and rush the passer and set the edge, but he'd also play off the ball for the Bills, where I think he is very comfortable. Obviously, it's what he did a lot of in college. To me, he's essentially a Lorenzo Alexander-type player that you're getting young, athletic, and ready to go, right? Not to saying Lorenzo wasn't, but you know what I mean. Lorenzo came later in his career to the Buffalo Bills. The other guy I think they could trade up for, I don't see him as much, but maybe, Quiddy Pay the edge rusher I had going to the Colts. Uh, he's out of Michigan. Now, whereas Ojolari isn't necessarily the the scheme fit for the Bills, but a, a player you can still use, Quiddy Pay is exactly that. He is a bullseye scheme fit for the Buffalo Bills, a true 4-3 four, true four, defensive end who can rush the passer, set the edge, chase plays down in the run game. Go watch this guy in film. He's, he's going sideline to sideline. He's always kind of even in a more tight alignment a lot of times. He's not in this wide nine, if you will, like the Jim Schwartz wide nine where the defensive ends are out. He doesn't play like that at Michigan. He didn't. He's kind of tighter, and he gets his body to people, and he still kind of, you know, he beats them at the point of attack. He gets down the line of scrimmage. He runs sideline to sideline. I really like what I see. I did write about J.C. Horn as a possible trade-up for the Bills because I believe that. I just don't think he'll be there, but just to cover the bases there, if for some reason you know, the two corners, Sertan and Farley go, and then then Horn starts to slip, or even Sertan starts, starts to slip if Horn goes, it would take Caleb Farley to get drafted. If Caleb Farley gets drafted as one of the top two corners, the other one, Sertan or Horn, could fall enough where I could see the Bills saying, let's go get him. He's going to play for us right now. A guy I love for the Bills. I love, but I just don't see him there. But I think they could possibly trade just a few spots up. I don't think you'd go up eight, nine spots for him but maybe three or four spots if you think you got to get them. That is Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Slam dunk scheme fit for the Bills. He can play in any scheme, outside and inside. We know how much the Bills love their versatility and all their players. Durability concerns for sure. Several injuries that have kept him off the field, but none of them were incredibly serious uh, that would impact him long-term. And let's be honest, again, I mean, why did you build that sports science you know, facility? Why did you build the training center that the Bills have? 
for situations like this. Get a guy in who you might have a few questions about, but hey, we're going to work with him. We're going to have a plan for him, and we're going to make sure that we keep him healthy and safe. And I think the Bills would be fine with Greg Newsom in the, you know, minor injuries that he's had. He's had quite a few. He has never played a full college season, but it, he hasn't been like, oh my God, you know, like, like Jalen Phillips with the concussions or Caleb Farley with the surgeries. Those are different types of things you have to get through. I don't see this being a problem at all for Greg Newsom. If he's there at 30, I think he's absolutely in play. I think the Bills could even be willing to maybe move up a few spots because he's that much of a scheme fit for them. Now, here are four players I think that, you know what, the Bills might like. They'd fit them. But 30 is probably a little too high. Hey, maybe we trade out of the first round. and We get these guys 35, 36, 37, somewhere in that area. Eric Stokes, corner, Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia, scheme fit, zone, like him a lot. I think he'd be a very nice addition to the secondary and a player that I think is going to play uh, for a while in the NFL. Yet, a little bit biased on this guy, but I've, I've loved him for a long time, and just because he went to Syracuse is not the reason I have him here. I think a lot of you know uh, that he is a very good football player who's extremely diverse. Ifiadu Melanfanwu of Syracuse, corner, big nickel, safety, in the box, outside. He's, he's exactly the kind of guy I think he's at coming out. I mean, I like Saran Neal a lot. This is not a knock on Saran Neal. He's a better Saran Neal. That's what he is. A guy who can like do. And what I mean by that as a prospect, Saran Neal came in and by the way, this guy, he'd be a terror on special teams. I think with all of his, um, all, all of his traits that he has. And then I have Landon Dickerson and Creed Humphrey, both interior offensive lineman from Alabama. I mean, Dickerson can kind of, he can play all five positions. I love that about him. He's had a lot of injuries. Again, you know, you get him in the building, you, you get him right. Um, he could compete for an interior spot with Ford and Butker. He could also take over for Mitch Morris next year at center. So could Creed Humphrey, by the way. Both these guys could do it, both from Alabama. So there you have it. Don't know if you like my pick of Jalen Phillips, but that's how the board falls. You can uh, find it online at WGR550.com. We are Wall-to-wall coverage today, all day, WGR on, you know, and we're going to be doing some StreamYard stuff, Facebook Live, all that kind of stuff. Check out Show Up with the Bulldog. I'll be on with them a little bit later. Nate Geary and Sneaky Joe DiBiase have you covered after the Sabres game when, you know, it gets to the draft. We'll switch over there. The Bills will be on the clock later. The Bills should be picking probably around 1130 to midnight, somewhere in there, if they stay at 30. But you never know. Brandon Bean might have some tricks up his sleeve. Enjoy the 2021 NFL Draft. And thanks for coming again to the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 